Hey there, Luxa here, host of Luxa Cult, a podcast where we gleefully taunt the mundane, butcher the Latin and most other languages, and also discuss a variety of occult topics. Exploring the intersection of science, magic, art, and philosophy through the lens of chaos, it's occultism for everyone. Luxa Cult features interviews with badass authors, artists, and magicians of all walks and experience levels, as well as audiomantic nonsense, cut-up poetry, bibliomancy breaks, and so much more. Don't miss my conversation with Frater Yara about the magic of language or the episode with the whole Faith Blind Council crew featuring a meditation for the Green Mushroom Project, which is a large-scale group working focused on building connection and regaining ground that you can be a part of. You can hear Lexicall on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So tune in and join us for the ride. XV Planus is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Welcome to XV Planus. Greetings, friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. Welcome back to XV Planus. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very happy to be here to dive further into the weird with you. No cold open, as tonight we take a step away from our investigations and kick off a series of interviews with friends of the XV Planus extended family. These episodes will be off-the-cuff, unscripted, and most importantly, uncensored frank conversations with occultists, paranormal investigators, and fellow connoisseurs of the weird, discussing everything from investigation methods to sex magic to cryptids you've never heard of. The first in this series will be a visit from longtime friend of the show and occasional collaborator Lux Estrada of the Lux Occult Podcast, Hypho Sigil, The Green Mushroom Project, and The Green Mushroom Podcast Network, Smuts Up, Ad Hoc History, yeah, we got a powerhouse with us tonight. If you've been keeping tabs solely on the fieldwork episodes, I'll tell you now that our next big investigation that we'll be sharing with you will be the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. If you thought our experiences at the Sally House were intense, <laughs> just you wait. That will debut with part one in early July, with the potential of an earlier release, especially for those on our Patreon. By the way, we have a Patreon. And subscribers will get the episodes a solid 24 hours before everyone else, in better sound quality, higher bit rates, and completely uncut. Now regarding the Patreon, there is not much posted on there just yet, but in the next few weeks there will be a pretty ridiculous amount of content added, including extended versions of some of our Estes sessions complete with video, as well as the uncut version of tonight's conversation with Luxa that will include many more tangents, phallic funnies, and other derailments. You can find that at www.patreon.com slash xvplanus. Links will also be provided in the show notes. Now, before we get to our conversation with Luxa, I found a few fascinating tidbits of information I wanted to share with you. Now, over the last five years, there has been a slow leak of what could best be described as soft disclosure about the UAP UFO phenomenon, and we chat about it from time to time here on xvplanus. Later this year, we will be doing a deep dive into all of the data dumps that have come out so far, and if you haven't been keeping up with the information that has been offered to the public, let me tell you, there might not be any defining evidence of aliens involved, but there are some seriously shocking revelations out there available for you to read. One set in the Pentagon Papers last month detailed a considerable amount of research into interstellar travel, colonization of deep space, and, wait for it, or don't, time travel. What do we want? 
Time travel. When do we want it? It's irrelevant. Now, that third subject, well, that's something we'll be getting into a little bit later this year. However, regarding the first two subjects there, interstellar travel and colonization, our friends over at thedebrief.org have just released an interview with Dr. Harold G. White, or Sonny, the researcher behind the warp bubble discovery. In the interview, Dr. White talks about everything from his 2011 paper on warp drives and his controversial discovery of a warp bubble to the reality behind humans one day actually constructing a functioning warp drive spaceship, which he says might be sooner than you think. I'll have a link in the show notes to the interview as well as a link to the recent Pentagon data dump that touches on these same subjects. Friends, we are entering an age when things like FTL travel, that's faster than light, deep space exploration, and time travel are all within the realm of realistic conversation. Now, how amazing is that? Now, speaking of our friends over at the debrief, they also just released a fascinating look into U.S. patents that are or could be based off of UFO technology, including early concepts of the now infamous Black Triangle UFOs, photon crafts, and full-body teleportation systems. Let's Let's go back to that for a second. Full-body teleportation systems. Cool. Ah. I mean, if I could get to the Bahamas in the span of five seconds, I would love it. Anyway. The long and short of it, folks, is that we are seeing the first steps of government transparency about UFOs. And being revealed alongside it are impressive, fantastical potential jumps in sciences that are pushing the envelope of what we describe as reality, which is now spilling over into science fiction. Though we all know that we are ages away from any of it becoming a reality, can we just stop for one minute and appreciate that it's pretty fucking cool? By the way, that is the one and only sensor beep you're getting for this episode. When we do our investigation episodes, we will always keep it at a PG-13 level, but for our interviews and guest spots, we prefer to keep it comfortable and natural, let our guests be themselves, and you can bet that when Luxa stops by, it is anything but uptight. So if you have kiddos around, now might be a good time for you to save your spot for later. This is a not-safe-for-work episode. Now before we get into that conversation with Luxa, let's head back into the realm of science nerd news just for a few more seconds. Planetary Alignment Throughout June, skywatchers can see Earth's five closest planetary neighbors in a row with their naked eyes. About a half hour before sunrise, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn are aligned in their natural order from the sun, stretching in a diagonal starting low in the east. When celestial bodies appear close together from Earth, astronomers call the spectacle a conjunction. Conjunctions of a few planets are fairly common and occur every few years or so, but all five planets line up only once every two decades. The last time five planets aligned was in December of 2004, and the next alignment will not occur until 2040. Because of different orbits and tilts, all eight planets will never be perfectly aligned. I'm also going to chime in here for one second and say nine planets, because I still think Pluto counts as a planet. Thank you very much. Also, forgive me for getting sidetracked thinking about the Great Conjunction from Dark Crystal. Now, on to another little tidbit of science nerd news, the WOW signal. So, researchers might have pinpointed the source of a famous supposed alien broadcast discovered nearly half a century ago. 
The prominent and still mysterious WOW signal, which briefly blared in a radio telescope the night of August 15, 1977, may have come from a sun-like star located 1,800 light-years away in the constellation Sagittarius. The WOW signal is considered to still be the best SETI candidate radio signal that we have ever picked up with our telescopes. SETI, or the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, is a group that has been listening for possible messages from otherworldly technological beings since the middle of the 20th century. Appearing during a SETI search at the Ohio State University's Big Ear Telescope, the WOW signal was incredibly strong but very brief, lasting a mere 1 minute and 12 seconds, according to a report written by its discoverer, astronomer Jerry Eman, in honor of its 30th anniversary. Upon seeing a printout of an anomalous signal, Eman scribbled WOW on the page, giving the event its name. The now deconstructed Big Ear Telescope looked for messages at the electromagnetic frequency band of 1420.4056 MHz, which is produced by the element hydrogen. Caballero decided to search through a catalog of stars from the European Space Agency's Gaia satellite to look for possible candidates, and he said he found one specifically sun-like star about 1,800 light-years away that has a temperature, diameter, and luminosity almost identical to our own stellar companion. It's an interesting development and long sought-after cosmic mystery, and we will have the link in the show notes for you to read on your own. And the last little update here, because I'm a sucker for it, the James Webb Space Telescope will release its first full-color images and spectroscopic data on July 12th, and a countdown clock has been added to the telescope's website. Webb, which is a partnership with the European Space Agency, Canadian Space Agency, and NASA, is the largest and most complex observatory ever launched into space. The telescope is currently in the midst of wrapping up a six-month-long preparation stage ahead of its first scientific observations, which includes calibrating its instruments and lining its mirrors. This period of preparation will culminate to a demonstration of Webb's full observational power on July 12th and kick off its availability for science missions. You can bet that we are going to keep you updated with anything Webb-related because, buddy, I am obsessed with it. All right, friends, that's enough Space Cadet Talk info for the weekend. On to our chat for the evening, which will consider Magic with a K, Mycelial Networks, Community, Haunted Sex Toys, and a considerable amount of perverse humor, and more tangents than you can shake a stick at. I've invited Alejandro to join me for this chat, so without further ado, let's get going, and let's welcome Luxa back to the Black Lodge. All right, friends and fiends, at this point, I would like to welcome back to the show for the first time in almost a year, we have Lux Estrada of the Luxacult and uh, Green Mushroom Project with us. Luxa, thank you so much for coming back to join us. It has been too long. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very stoked to be back. Probably not as stoked as we are to have you back, but um, we'll run with the excitement in a mutual way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to have a stoked measuring contest or something. Uh, <laughs> whip out your tape measure. We <laughs> <laughs> no, let's do it. <laughs> Apparently, this is already a, a really good, healthy warning that this is going to go off into NC-17 territory. Mothers hide your daughters. Or, um, You've or, been warned. Or your sons or 
<laughs> Hide all of your younglings because we're coming for them all. <laughs> Hide everything. Hide everything. Hide, Hide yourself. Everything. No, no, no. I, I will never hide myself again. That's how I ended up here in, <laughs> to begin with. Nice. But well, yeah. no, looks. I, I want to thank you so much for coming back onto the show. And the last time you were here, we kind of had a brief conversation just about magic in general, the practices that we were doing. I, uh, I think at that time you were what maybe six to nine months into your own podcast. Is is that right? That sounds about right. It's all a blur, but that seems right. <laughs> Uh, it is all definitely a blur. Well, the uh, the reason I wanted to invite you back on in particular for this episode is you have been a very, very busy individual, and you've had a lot going on behind the scenes. And I think the last time that you were here, we briefly touched on this. But now that it's actually kind of gained its own momentum, I wanted to have you come back onto the show to talk to us about the Green Mushroom Project. All right, I'm happy to do that. So the Green Mushroom Project is something that me and some other folks started back in October of 2020. It was actually on Halloween. And there was a lot going on at the time that, uh, you know, felt like it was really causing a lot of things to separate, a lot of, you know, distance between people, um, just physically, philosophically, um, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, to sort of combat that, we wanted to do something, um, you know, a magical project to sort of work against that tide that we felt. Um, so the project has main, like, you try that again in English. <laughs> so the project has four main objectives. The first one was just to, like, create the current associated with it, which we have done. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one is to, you know, build community and empower inv individuals within the community. Um, the third is to strengthen our position against hate groups and other bullshit. There's unfortunately a little bit of that in the occult community. And we a little, want to be a little a, bit. Yeah, we want to be a good <laughs> alternative, a good, you know, like to be out there and saying like, the, the occult landscape doesn't have to be uh, just that. So that's all a good alternative you know, solidarity. I find the same thing to be common uh, amongst the paranormal community as well. It's unfortunately populated by a whole bunch of toxic people. And uh, much as you're coming at it from uh, an occult point of view, I'm coming at this from a, a paranormal investigation point of view. And we are in our own way trying to upset the status quo and, and change things regarding that. Oh, yeah. So like the fourth in, the fourth objective is to encourage individuals, you know, within this community to use, you know, powerful magical technologies to become more agentic. So this in some ways harkens back to, you know, objective three, which is like, you know, or sorry, objective two, which is like to build community and empower people within it. Well, this is how we're doing it with magic. Mm -hmm. So a big aim of the project is just to be incubatorial in that way to like allow, you know, magic to be fostered and to grow and for people to have a space in which to kind of like experiment and play. Um, mm -hmm. So some of the things that we do are we do like a weekly voice chat, which is sort of just an opportunity to socialize and hang out, um, talk about your work with the project. We also make a lot of dick jokes. Um, you know, the, the project does have an inherent built in dick joke with it, with the symbology of the mushroom and what have you. And this is not an accident. Like I, I'm of the opinion that humor is super important, and 
I do also think that it's an excellent deterrent to pretension, which is another thing that's annoying. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Dick Jones yes. Galore. So yeah, if you're curious about that, you're always welcome to come join us on Friday nights for Fungal Friday Voice Chat and um, make dick jokes or talk about different animal genitalia. We've got a lot of biologists that are <laughs> interested in that kind of stuff. Um, and at fr um, Fridays at midnight Eastern time, we always light a candle and we say the Green Mushroom Project Statement of Resistance together. So this is just a sort of like tradition that we like to do together on Friday nights too. Um, and this is a place that you will, uh, on most Friday nights, you will find me joining at least for the lighting of the candle at midnight. Um, uh, the Green Mushroom Project has actually folded itself into some of my own magical uh, practices. And Friday is usually my ritual day, so it's kind of great that it folds into that because I can, uh, you know, carve you onto a candle while I'm doing all of my other magical shit. Hell yeah, and it's always super fun to have you there with us. Always a good time. It's it's a blast. Although it's it's always a mixed bag. And the warning of the dick jokes that is not just a joke, folks. Like I uh, I have witnessed deep philosophical conversations descend into dick jokes faster than you can shake a penis. So uh, <laughs> I had nowhere else to go with that. So I just <laughs> faster than you can shake a dick. Yeah, <laughs> more dicks than you can shake a dick at. <laughs> oh We're god, really in the weeds here. Oh, this is getting bad. <laughs> okay, well, why don't I tell you about the astral temple? Yeah, which uh, is a, is a major part in what you do with the Green Mushroom Project, and it's something that I didn't personally get a uh, a total grasp on up until like the last couple of months, to be honest. So yeah, let's let's talk about that for a minute. Okay, so we have constructed a group astral temple. Um, and this is a imaginal place that the group has like made together that we can go and conduct work with. Um, we've done some interesting experiments there, which I think would probably be easy for your listeners to contextualize as being adjacent to like parapsychology. Mm -hmm. um, things like, you know, can we leave these gifts for each other in this imaginal space and then go there? And then to what extent will we find what the other person left? And what we found often was that we would find symbolically relevant things, but we wouldn't usually find things that like exact exactly corresponded. Mm -hmm. It was yeah, interesting stuff. So we've you know we've done some interesting experiments there. Um, we've also written some meditations and stuff that take place there. Um, there's been a lot of interesting collaborative projects that have come out of this, and one of them have been these you know guided meditations that you can hear on the Lexicult RSS feed. Um, Yes, and uh, speaking of which, I, I will get a, a full and healthy list from you uh, before I, I publish this episode, but let's make sure that we we have the list of those particular episodes for our listeners to go to if they're curious about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds good. Well, that will give me the opportunity to, to compile such a list, which I think would be helpful to have, so hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually listened to one, and I followed along with one of the guided meditations as well, which I, I found... Fascinating. Seriously, the whole astral temple concept is fantastic. And that particular guided meditation that I did was, uh, it was self enlightening, I suppose. It, I mean, that's the way that I did it, um, along with you, which I, I've only done the one, so I'm not certain how the other ones, uh, play out, but it was Do like the whole which journey. One? I, I don't. This was a, okay. Yeah. You know, um, but the, 
one in particular that I did the you know entrance um, initiation into the uh, green mushroom um, astral temple was it, it was all of it is just incredible and the uh, imagery I'm I, I apologize I'm not uh, familiar enough with with the names but the uh, person that was leading the uh, the meditation, uh, the imagery that they were able to conjure is just, it's very evocative and I highly enjoyed it. So. Hell yeah. Well, I'm so glad you connected with it. That's awesome, Alejandro. Very cool. Yeah. And, and see, that right there is a prime example of why I wanted to have you back on the show to talk about the project uh, as, as a whole, because uh, beyond just its conception, it, it really is a it's a generating thought process that any of us can latch onto. And if we work together, it does actually kind of help the universe around us. It, um, you know, as I, as I always say, when it comes to the whole concept of, uh, magic and specifically chaos magic, you are rewriting the code to your reality. And I am actually seeing that happen with your work and the green mushroom project. Like, it's changing people's lives. It's pretty impressive. Well, I'm, I feel fucking super grateful that I have all these amazing people helping. Like, I think it's just, um, yeah, I'm really impressed with how it's come together. And every day I'm impressed with the people that have come to join it. And so, yeah, it's, it's dope. I agree. I thank you. <laughs> it is dope. <laughs> it is. I don't know where you're from, but this is a common saying in these parts. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> dope, dope was never a thing for me. It just it just wasn't. It always cracks me <laughs> up when people bring it up, though. Regarding how this has evolved, like you you started the Green Mushroom Project what about a year ago or, or a little it's bit about more? A year and a half. Year um, and a half. Was, yeah, Halloween of. And of this has started to uh, pull a lot of people into your orbit now like it's it's actually kind of it has spread out through the mycelial network if you will yeah i think that um the current itself is so let me talk a little bit about the theory behind it so the mm -hmm. the mushroom project the green mushroom project is a hypho sigil like the it's centered around the mushroom sigil which is a hypho sigil hypho means web so mm -hmm. it's sort of this idea of a linking sigil. This is technology that other people have experimented with a lot in the past. This is classic stuff, as is the Astral Temple, classic occult stuff. Um, but we wanted to do this for this per particular current. So I think that it makes sense that, you know, the HIFO sigil would be linking people together. That's sort of what it does. So, yeah, that's I think that's, that's, a, that's yeah. appropriate way to contextualize it. Yeah. Well, it's it certainly has proven to do just that. I mean, since I've connected uh, with with you and your tribe, the expanse of my knowledge and my understanding of the universe around me has uh, kind of skyrocketed. So, thank you all so very much for that. Oh, well, yeah, thank you. I've enjoyed you know listening. I've I've definitely enjoyed like listening to your show and hearing some of the different takes about paranormal investigation. It's made me a lot more curious about it than I was in the past. So yeah, I'm really, I'm actually really looking forward to hopefully joining you in the near future. We can talk about this more after, but um, yes. There's, oh, hell yes. Yeah, we've, yeah, ta yeah. we've talked about yeah, this. It's cool. been late on Friday night, so maybe you don't yeah. remember. <laughs> but yes, yeah, there, 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 
You have an open invite to our investigations, <laughs> and somewhere along the way, there will be a Luxacult XV Planus, like, fieldwork crossover. Yeah, crossover. I'm super here for it. <laughs> I'm a big fan of military history, so yes. But anyway. USS Carolina, man. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, dude. I'm I'm here for it. I really want to check. I just want to check out the boat, to be honest. Like, I just, I just want to get on that boat. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't blame you. That one's that one's been on our radar for a while. So let me tell you, we've done some other things too um, as part of the project. We do group rituals online um, with you know fairly regular frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been interesting to experiment with you know doing magical work in this like digital space. Um, it's we're sort of in new territory here. So and that's that's a huge part of the project too. Is is how can we um inject magic and you know life and creativity and, and just sort of like novelty into this kind of like dry digital environment yeah find new ways to uh bring ourselves closer to one another in a time that we couldn't be you know further apart yeah definitely yeah. and so some of the aims of the rituals to you know getting back to what i said earlier about the project being kind of like incubatorial is you know, the idea of teaching people some kind of basic tech as part of these rituals, like maybe we can get together and do some basic, you know, crafting of magical items, like, you know, make some enchanted salt, do some, you know, not tying spells together, just like really, really basic stuff, just to help people sort of get their hands dirty, get them used to doing it. Just, you know, seeing magic is very accessible. If, you know, if you want it to be, it doesn't have to be, um, a whole lot of rigmarole as is sometimes portrayed. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I love the fact that you started off that statement by referring to it as tech. Uh, this is something that I personally latch onto a lot is that the concept of magical workings, it's just, it's a new, it's, it's an unstudied form of technology that we just have not quite spent enough time on. It is, different school of thought it does allow you to rethink about the world in multiple different ways and therefore you alter your perception of it and therefore you change the reality around you i love that you bring that up and you, that you called it tech to begin with like that's something that's near and dear to my heart thank you yeah i mean i think that i would agree with your conception too um in so far as this is like a very modern point of view like i think that there have been mm -hmm. cultures in the past that really did understand the technology of ritual and stuff and and really put it into a lot more i don't know maybe not more advantageous i think that there are i think it's still used i just don't think we call it that as much i i don't know i go back and forth about this about to what degree do the people who are doing this know they're doing it i don't know i don't want to get lost in the weeds or bring in weird conspiracies because that's not what i'm saying at all but um but yeah, yeah, that's that's a whole other episode. Yeah, on that's a different episode, <laughs> and I'll have to come on later at night for that one. <laughs> You've got an open door policy here, my friend. I think the the technology aspect of it too is great, and it, it puts me in mind of the uh, quote by Arthur C. Clarke that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, and that's sure. I, I feel like that resonates on on a lot of levels with that for sure. I think that there is a huge intersection between magic and technology, even just as you said, in terms of how we conceive of it. When we think about a lot of the language that is used 
in technology in terms of how people have chosen to like name things, it often does harken back to these sort of like old occult concepts. So I think hmm. that there's there's a lot there. There's a lot of intersection there. And yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I've, I've been talking to a couple of people about this, but it, it, there's an interesting, you know, idea about to what extent is all, you know, magic technology or technology, like where, where are the, and there's obviously a lot of broad intersection and where are those boundaries and yeah, some interesting semantic things to be explored there for sure. Well, I, so out of curiosity, and I love that this is coming up because I've, I've had the same conversation with multiple other guests that are going to be coming on here in the next few weeks. Do you think that we're actually at an intersection where um, we as humans are starting to look at things a little bit differently and maybe there is a new evolution of thought or of spirituality or of the concept of reality, things like that? I personally can't help but think that we're like at the beginning stages of a change where perception is going to change for a lot of these things. What do you think? You know, I think it's a definitely a nuanced and interesting question. I think that, well, things are always changing, right? I think that mm -hmm. that's one thing, like things are always changing to, and to what degree are we com coming to some kind of uh, huge cataclysmic change or whatever you want to say, like a, a big change that would be markable rather than just a steady change. Mm. Maybe. I mean, I think, I think this is something that people have been talking about for a long time. Um, or maybe not a long time, just in terms of like maybe the last 150 years or so, which makes sense because of the industrial revolu revolution and everything like that. But right. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of it being like new, like novel, I'm not really sure about that. Like my, my personal instinct is that like, it might, maybe it will be like a little bit novel, but I think it would also tend to rhyme with something that we've seen in the past. Like I, I, I tend to view things as being like a lot more cyclical than linear. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, again, I love that you bring up that concept because the reason that I asked that, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to give the, the most blanketed uh, example that I possibly can right now is what's going on with us as a planetary society looking at the phenomenon of UFOs. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So we're, we're actually moving past the point where people are laughing or scoffing about these things. And we're actually, we're actually in the round table discussion of this being an actual thing that our government is talking about both openly and behind closed doors. Now, 20, 30 years ago, this would not be an easy discussion to have. And the vast majority of people involved would have been, you know, crucified basically for lack of a better term, uh, either academically or, or professionally or mm -hmm. career wise, like their lives would just be over because as, as we all know, yes, chasing mm -hmm. UFOs destroys lives apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there might be some political reasons we could point to in the past. Why? This oh is the God. Case. Yeah. So yeah, totally. right, right. But like, uh, aside from the politics side of it, we're entering this new era where, where we can start talking about these things much more openly and not have side eyes going to us about the things that we just said. So this is part of the reason that I bring that up, not only because of that, but because over the last four years or so, with everything that's happened with the pandemic, with so many of, uh, so many of us being kind of locked down and cut off from the vast majority of our routine day-to-day -day lives, 
we've had to look into different directions to fulfill those voids. And a lot of that has caused a considerable amount of us to start looking inward. And this has caused like a massive increase in uh, interest of paranormal nature, of the concept of UFOs and aliens, of spirituality. We're kind of seeing a boom on this at the same time that we're seeing like a really, really big struggle to keep things constricted, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just, I guess, I, I just went off the rails here. No, I mean, seriously, <laughs> no, mean it's keep yeah. Constricted. Well, it seems like they, uh, the more and more that we push those boundaries of our understanding of the world and the reality around us, we are met by two opposing forces. Mm-hmm. One of which is trying to encourage us to keep looking beyond, keep looking into the void, go as far as we possibly can, and then the opposite side. Unfortunately, the one that tends to have a little bit more money than the other um, does everything they can to kind of get a death grip on information. And I think that's in particular, that's what we're seeing with the UFO phenomenon is there's a lot of information that's trying to get out, but there are still people who control the flow of information. Right. Yeah. So that went off in a little bit of a political nature. That's not exactly what I meant to do. I think (laughs) it, it makes sense to me, too, because it's like obviously everyone for the most part, being under quarantine for the majority of 2020. I mean, things obviously uh, have not and will not go back to the way they were before that. And so it's like people aren't willing to go back to those previous mindsets. You know, it's opened a lot of questions. Like you said, people have delved inwards. Um, And it's just, I think people are at a point now where it's just, there's a certain amount of unacceptability for that previous status quo. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess getting back to what you were saying, um, Flood, too, I just, I guess it might be the case in a lot of places. Information is power, right? So I guess it makes sense that people would want to hang on to it, even though it wants to be free. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, but all right, so, so that, that totally took on the focus of like the UFO phenomenon in general, but let's remove that out of the equation and just look at it in a broader sense is the last few years this time has forced the lot of us to start looking into different directions other than your bank account or your television or things like that. Like it has offered a lot of us the opportunity to look inward. And this is where we're starting to see this new kind of spiritual revolution. I I think happening. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's subtle. It's slow to start. I, I think it, uh, it, tripped on its own feet probably for the first uh, 18 months of all this going on. But whenever, whenever the first lockdown hit, I remember having a conversation with my brother and we were talking about the hopes that this might be the blueprints for a a new Renaissance, like a a new opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, for us to change in a variety of ways. Um, Unfortunately, what unfolded the following 18 months after that conversation was pure nightmare fuel. <laughs> but, um, I think we're starting to actually get to that point now. Yeah. Uh, which is like why we're seeing this massive uptick of interest in paranormal spirituality and of magic in mm-hmm. particular. People are really starting to grasp towards this again. And then 
you know, it's lost technology, as we were saying earlier. These are the these are not um, fleeting thoughts. Like if if you really put the work into it, this works. Things work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't need to believe in magic. I actually I don't really believe in magic because I have evidence that it works. I don't really. That's right. <laughs> if that does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You don't need to like believe it. You can just try it and you can see for yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Experiential knowledge. Well, you also come to the understanding that it, what it is is not exactly what you're told it is. I guess. Right. Once you sure. can actually put it into motion and and see how it can affect change around you yeah it's and maybe i shouldn't be so glib like i've been playing with the stuff for a long time i'm sure everybody's gonna have different experiences with it but yeah i mean i'm not sure i understand you play with it and you're (laughs) willing to Mm -hmm. are you having a problem (laughs) (laughs) and i think i think you just went nuts on me sorry oh no (laughs) did i say something wrong siri (laughs) Yeah, I think that if, you know, if you're willing to play around with it and willing to keep an open mind and experiment, I think that, yeah, you don't really need to to believe in it. I think that, yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, I also think that a a certain amount of that belief in, in, uh, in magic that you kind of, I feel like kids naturally gravitate towards, you know, the fantastical and all of that. And I think holding on to that aspect of of belief really lends itself to developing the creative and you know conceptual uh powers that go along with with fostering your own um innate sense and and grasp of magic and spirituality so yeah no i love that hell yeah and i agree if if like that's your thing and you can do that like absolutely but even if you can't get there like at first like, just give it a shot. I don't know. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Because there are some folks, like, that's that's a hard place to get to. So, yeah. You know the motto, fuck around and find out, right? <laughs> and magic's not for just for stuffy old white dudes, either. <laughs> Please. Jeez. Or, you know, rich ladies in white dresses right. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, all right, going back to what you were saying, Lux, are you telling me that you you don't believe in magic even though you're working it. Well, I mean, belief is like such a complicated <laughs> like I don't know, dude. I'm a scientist in my heart. Like I am. Like I have evidence for something. I don't need to believe it, right? Like, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to say that I like straight up I I think I might have misspoke a little bit if you th- if you think I'm saying I like don't believe in magic at all. Like that's not really what I'm saying. I'm saying that like if I wanted to believe something were true and I did believe it were true, it, it would start to make it true and truer and truer, um, obviously within bounds, right? Like in terms of uh, staying away, like sometimes it's important for magical thought to lean into confirmation bias. That's mm. actually a big oh, yeah. part of getting the ball rolling. But I do think it's also important to, while you're doing that, always have a tether back to the starting point of mm-hmm. trying to be objective too. So it's a real balancing act that I think, um, you know, that's really what it's about. It's this balancing act between understanding when confirmation bias is going to be helpful and when you're simply deluding yourself. Yeah. And uh, let us not forget, you don't want that to go too far off the rails to the point, uh, to the point where you just end up feeding the tulpa and we don't want to do that. 
at Don't all. feed the tulpa. Don't feed the tulpa. I mean, Don't if you can help tulpa. it. I mean, you're obviously already feeding some tulpa somewhere. <laughs> Don't think about it. <laughs> hey, look, what I do in my spare time off the mic is none of your damn business. I don't think you to stay out of my personal affairs. <laughs> what I do to please myself is none of your concern. <laughs> you stop looking at me like that. <laughs> is this a segue into my music project? <laughs> it might just be. But actually, you know what? We're going to use that as a segue into your music project, Lux. So we're going we're gonna to come back to the Green Mushroom Project here in a few. But uh, that is actually something worth noting. You do have a couple of other projects up your sleeves. And while I have you here, I would like you to uh, take a little time to talk about those. I put out a album of erotic sound magic tracks last year called Gratis Animus. And um, I'm working on a second one now. I've taken the tech that I developed or the process that I developed um, and sort of built on it. And with this new project, I'm hoping to like sort of take what I was able to gain from the first one and maybe push it forward a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure if people will be able to like hear a huge difference from listening to one or the other. Um, but there definitely have been some like, you know, new things that I've added to the process itself. Um, one of the things that I, we were just talking about tulpas and thought forms and what have <laughs> you. So <laughs> one of the things that I noticed in working with this project was that, and this is often the case with things that we create, is they do tend to take on a sort of life of their own, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I really felt a strong sense from this one that, it wanted to like interact in a more direct way. And I felt that too. I wanted to like, how do I take this to the next level? Like, how do I bring this maybe more down to earth in a more like material way? Um, and so I played with the idea a little bit and I eventually came up with the idea for an experiment. It was like, can I use like an implement, a sex toy and allow this to be a vessel for this spirit of this project? And so the way that I've been experimenting with this is that I was able to find a product that you can hook like up with music and it will play the music through its uh, vibrational patterns and stuff. And so oh. I, I made a special track with which to like haunt this object. And so I've been using this track in combination with this, you know, implement to do these like sex magic rituals and sort of the same process of having a feedback loop you know recording the new layer of it as you're listening to the track and this kind of building process and it's been really really interesting um and so i thought it would be kind of i wanted to hear y'all's take on as paranormal investigators you might have come across haunted objects <laughs> and as a magician i'm creating one of my own so i thought that there could be some fun discussion to be had there yeah, I might have come across a few things, but I'm pumped. <laughs> and yeah, this is not the first time I've made like haunted, but this is the first time I've made one to like interact with in this like very direct and very intimate personal way. This actually really, really interests me. Like trying to implement specific uh, sonic patterns into a rhythm, a rhythmical uh, cylinder, or whatever you're, whatever apparatus you're going to be using. That's pretty interesting to me uh, because I do believe that like through um, hitting specific physical peaks while simultaneously working on things from a 
meditative or uh, a subconscious level. Like there's there's a whole new there's a whole new world to explore there. That oh yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you, Flood. Actually, this was in large part one of the biggest reasons I began the first project was you know I wanted well that was the reason I began recording myself while I was doing these you know rituals because I was finding myself in these really interesting altered states of consciousness and I wanted to explore mm. the things that I said while in these states and there's a lot of yeah a lot of strange stuff that comes out of my mouth so um yeah I think that's definitely worth playing around with and yeah. if people are curious um I wrote an essay about this um that is attached to the first album that people can read so, so sometime in the next year we're going to have you back on and we are because we talked about this the first time you were on the show, we are actually going to do like a, a solid long episode, long and hard episode. Long, about strong, episode. long, strong and hard episode <laughs> All right. about Fear sex magic and sex magic rituals. Because okay. the first time you were on the show, we, we touch on that very briefly and we, you know, we, we got our chuckles in, but I would actually love to do a deep dive into that with you. Um, and you know, go through a solid hour of really uncomfortable jokes for everybody. And anybody who's left after that first hour, we'll give them a solid <laughs> two hours of really, really good knowledge. All right, that they're all right. like, <laughs> I like it. I like this. I like everything about what you just said. <laughs> you, you can't just tease something like that and, and then not follow through. Absolutely. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't have a buildup like that and not uh, deliver. You know, it's just no. <laughs> yeah, you can't have just like that. <laughs> <laughs> if if I if I can bring it back to the uh, going back to um, the what you're doing with like the physical implements and all of that, like mm. um, putting the uh, audio audio um, frequencies and all of that, like your music project into that particular device, um, and then folding that back into the pro you know your musical project itself i think that that's really interesting and like a recursive positive feedback way with uh with your magical intentions there i think that that's particularly interesting thank mm. you yeah i love just the idea of feedback loops itself i think is mm -hmm. so central to understanding i mean even reality itself i think that this yeah. is something that we can see iterating across like every single uh scale that we look at and so yeah playing with this um, it seems like it's just you're working with things in a really natural way. Like this is just sort of, uh, yeah, it just makes sense. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Recursive magic fractals and magical fractals. <laughs> yeah. I love that kind of stuff. So that kind of makes me wonder what would happen if you programmed the vibration rate to match those of specific uh, sacred tones. You could do that easily. The product that I have, you just play a track and it will, well, actually I haven't experimented with it, but I'm pretty sure that you could. I don't know. Well, you'd have to obviously play around with the specific device and it's like sensitivity to the vibrations and all that stuff, but I don't see right. why that wouldn't be possible. Transmitting or um, playing back certain sacred tones, like the God tone, the DMT tone, could make yourself into a, a human cymatic receiver. Turn yourself into a tuning fork, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that must happen to some degree. I mean, if you're exposing yourself to the frequency, it must be happening at some level, I would think. I mean, doesn't mm -hmm. it propagate through the body as well as a little bit? 
don't yeah. know. Oh, absolutely. We'd like have to look at time. the physics vectors. I feel like, but yeah, I, I could see what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. I've tried this a little bit underwater. Yeah. Okay. And if we that makes water. sense, right? Because the, the body is like so much more mm-hmm. similar to water than air mm-hmm. that there wouldn't be as much of a difference in how the sound waves would propagate. Mm-hmm. If you're a physicist, please let me know if I'm wrong about this. I'm actually really curious. But um, if if you yeah. find one, send them our way, and then we'll we'll give them plenty of work. <laughs> yeah, like like everything is made up of vibrations and all of that, and so you know, deliberately putting those vibrational patterns from those frequencies and all of that into such a, a supple medium as a human body, I feel like would definitely uh, have a an effect for sure. I mean, like, isn't that sort of what's happening with binaural beats? Like, that's mm-hmm. sort of, like, what's going on is that third beat is coming from the vibrations of the other two. Right. Yeah. But that, uh, that's... All right, so binaural beats is is a thing for me, like me being an audio engineer. This is something that happens purely within the audible realm, right? So you're using these two frequencies in either ear in order to create a phantom ghost third note that technically appears, if you're looking at the 3D version of your field of of audio, you know, your ability to pick things up, it's going to be right in front of you, like dead in front of your nose. Okay, but even if you're like listening to it in, in like headphones it it actually can only be perfect perfectly done through headphones okay that, okay cool because you you need to have one frequency on one ear that is at least 20 kilohertz different from the frequency in the left ear and they have to be adjusted to a certain level where they create a dissonance that creates a third tone that appears to come from right in front of you oh okay so this is like uh, this is where i'm getting mixed up this is actually like the perception of it rather than where the actual like vibration is happening like okay okay cool cool cool. so like technically speaking there is no third note happening but the dissonance that is created between the two tones in alternating ears will create a dissonant wave that kind of hones in into right in the middle. But that tone that you're hearing, the third tone, isn't actually being produced. The brain is producing it through the audio fields that you're hearing. Okay, so it's just a product of interpolation. I Sort of. I mean, yeah, but there's more to it than that. Okay. Um, and, and that is going to require somebody way smarter than me <laughs> I feel like we're really to in explain. the weeds here. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, it's like we're no, 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 we're, we're not in the weeds yet. Oh shit, we're in the weeds. Yeah, we're we're in the weeds. <laughs> 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 no, but the uh the the binaural beats thing is is interesting because it does allow sound frequencies to start playing around with um your brain waves and if you can alter them at, at different intervals, then you can potentially help align your brainwave frequencies, distort them, or cause somebody some really gnarly headaches. There's, mm. there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, absolutely. It's something I've played with a little bit as well, for sure. It's something that I want to start pouring into paranormal research a considerable amount more, mm. especially after what happened with the Sally House. Yeah, I think that's an interesting avenue for myself as well, because I'm a naturally vivid dreamer, but there's been times where I'll play, you know, some of the um, particular frequencies uh, that you can find audio tracks for um, 
to elevate that that like um lucid capability mm. and i've had some really interesting results i don't do it super often by any means um but just being a naturally vivid dreamer i can i can attest that those can um uh i guess elevate or accelerate or whatever your your brain's natural capacity um for dreaming which i think that could totally be applied going forward considering the the dream that i had before the sally house and then yeah. the other stuff so yeah. i i think in the lead up to different investigations and stuff i'll i'll start doing those consistently and see uh see what happens just no lucid dreaming around here this is this is floods oh trust me space. i'm not going anywhere near your lucid zone buddy yeah, yeah you don't um, you, you haven't seen me in my pajamas <laughs> oh god oh uh, now, uh, going back to what you were saying, Lux, uh, about like specifically trying to uh, essentially trigger a haunted object experience. What is what is your like your end with that? What are you trying to do with it? Well, I think it's really for me mostly just about the exploration, just the experiment, um, and really answering this urge that I had to you know, invite this entity uh, into a more, you know, direct manifestation Just sort of playing with that. Um, the first time after I did the initialization ritual that I interacted with it, it was quite different than um, any of the other times I had used the, the tool previously. And there was, def there was definitely a huge marked difference um, in that ritual than the ones that were that came before and it was it was really fascinating and huh. it, it almost felt like being possessed like it like part of it is it's i want to interact with it in this like really um like i said this really intimate way and to like feel that like really strong connection it was very interesting and i don't know to me curiosity is just one of the things that spurs me forward in my practice and yeah just just to do it i mean just because i can i mean i don't know <laughs> We'll, we'll save this for a future episode. I may or may not have been doing a considerable amount of research on spect spectrophilia. So, um, <sighs> it's interesting stuff. I mean, I don't know. No, I, I agree. I honestly think that that's a really interesting way to go. And then, completely uh, outside of a, uh, I guess, the more, uh, I don't want to say perverse, but the more like carnal aspect of it. Applying that to magical theory in and of itself, I mean, essentially imbuing an object with those kind of energies, you know, um, magical or otherwise, I think is a really interesting take for sure. Um, and then just interacting with it. Like I said, I mean, that recursive aspect of it, of, you know, imbuing your uh, particular device um, with those energies and then using that energy that you've created with the musical project and then again like i said like folding that back into itself i think that that positive feedback loop is is just it's really cool i mm. think i think yeah, definitely something that that i think you're it's a very uh i think it's a promising promising aspect for sure like the avenue of investigation of that and experimentation is that's very cool. Magical theory, that kind of stuff, for sure. Hell yeah. So I'm curious, you had mentioned, Alejandro, and I think Flood, too, that y'all had had some experience with haunted objects. Was it at Sally House? Um, well, 
let me okay so not exactly like in an external way but one of the experiments that i did at the sally house which actually yielded our phenomenal avp um (laughs) yeah avp AVP, it is it's an avp (laughs) it's really neat um is that i specifically set up a device that i'd rigged up um in a like a salt sanctuary and essentially what it was is i um let's see how do i put it like uh, i had a uv like cleanser device and i rigged it up with different like copper wiring and a bunch of other stuff to um create like and like crystals and stuff which i'm not super into crystals but i know enough to incorporate them into certain things um for certain purposes and so I rigged all of that up and put that into the center of a um, of a platter, um, like a silver platter, uh, with the salt around it. And then I placed that um, analog recorder um, right next to that device. And so the the whole purpose of that was to act as a as a sanctuary, like a cleansing area, you know, like a like literally like a a, a sanctuary circle for the energies um there that wouldn't uh energies that wouldn't require cleansing in and of themselves i feel like um so this was like a safe space for everything that didn't need to be banished away exactly thank you yes thank you for translating that into a little bit more (laughs) a little less you're you're creating a a space for Innocent space. Yeah, exactly. Was and that goal. was yeah. That was your mm-hmm. intent. It was okay. a space for innocent energies. Absolutely. And so uh that was the first time that I like I specifically rigged that device for that purpose and the fact that we were able to um capture such a uh, incredible um uh audio anomaly <laughs> onto the recording device is it's it's both confirmation for me that that avenue is um, viable, both in my own practice and and for future and current uh, projects as well, little tinkerings and stuff like that. Um, and it's again, it 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 opens up a lot of questions, and that's I guess that's where I'm going with the whole haunted objects thing. Is it's I've I've crafted a few things like that, and I've got other. Um, experiments that I've got going forward for other investigations, I guess. Very cool. Right, but Hell yeah. That's kind of the, the difference there, though, is uh, what you had going on was more of a, and you, the object has created an invitation for things to come and interact with it, whereas Lux is actually trying to, correct me if I'm wrong, you are trying to funnel mm-hmm. spirits into said object. Right. You are trying to make the object haunted, correct? Um, yes, that is correct. It sort of was... Maybe not funnel, but just an invitation. Like, here is an opportunity if you want to take it. Here's here is a an open door for you. Mm-hmm. Gotta admit, this is something that's actually interested me for quite a while, um, and might end up being a better relationship choice that I've ever made. So. <laughs> We'll stew on that in the future because I might just sign myself over to a succubus. I am <laughs> also working on creating a haunted um, toy. This is not a sex toy. This is an electronic toy, but it is also a musical toy. Um, so it's sort of continuation of this project. Um, it's called a Rismo, 
It's Furby adjacent. It's very creepy. I love it. I was going to say, I, I feel like I might have seen you doing something. That just clicked. Like, literally, when you're talking about it, I was like, I feel like this has something to do with the Furby. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, like, when you said the word Rizmo, like, immediately, like, I got the image of a Furby in my mind. So, <laughs> I don't know if you've posted about that or talked about that anywhere, but seriously. We might, were you with us one Fungal Friday when we were speaking about it? I don't think so. I've only been part of one, and that was just a few weeks ago, and I was just, okay. like, here with Flood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about the Green Mushroom Project. Now, this this started as a pretty simple ritual for you and a small group of people. Well, we always sort of envisioned it to be what it has become. It's, you know, it's sort of something that we set up to, um, yeah, to to grow and to, to become what it has been. And I think that that was always the original intent of the project. We always saw it as something that we wanted to have, um, you know, legs. Like one of the conceptualization is that it's, you know, you can send spores out. So we conceptualize that, you know, these are little specks of magic that could be sent out. You know, you can think about fungal spores. They can survive in the atmosphere mm-hmm. and become distributed on the other side of the globe. And they'll land and if the conditions are right they'll they'll sprout and so we sort of thought about this as being like that you know like how can people find these little sparks of magic and connect and so yeah we're we're so happy that it's working out the way that it is it's not just working out it is it is blossoming and and growing and i again i i can't thank you enough for the invitation to be a part of it myself because i have witnessed this whole concept grow um from just a conversation into a, a network of like-minded individuals over the course of the last year. It's really been impressive to watch. Oh yeah. Well, we're super glad that you've uh, come aboard and yeah, it's always awesome to have you with us. So fuck yeah. I'm super glad you people can put up with my weird. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's uh, it fits in perfectly well. Weird is good. Leading uh, directly into that, though, the Green Mushroom Project has also uh, birthed the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, right? Yeah, we were doing a lot of collaboration and, you know, stuff together. And so it made sense to combine our efforts into the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. So, yeah, really stoked to have the opportunity to collaborate with so many cool people and to have these different shows that are really in in a large part just about curiosity and about exploring interesting things about making sense of the world in new ways yeah and yeah just to be a part of group of the group of people that is interested in doing that and is you know willing to undertake these creative projects and these endeavors and to do these like you know have these adventures like what you guys do like it's great and so yeah i feel so privileged to be working with everybody well, uh, I feel deeply privileged to be invited to be uh, part of that group, and and the invitation was very meaningful to me. I I could not ask for a better group of like minded individuals, and the fact that we all come from all of this in very very different points of view, not only is the potential for collaboration just overwhelmingly brilliant and bright, but there's also a considerable amount of learning that we can all do from each other, which is what I've found to be the the most satisfying part about uh, communicating with you all throughout all this. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I've learned so much from from everybody as well. It's a great point. Well, Lexa, I want to thank you so much for making the time to come and hang out with us in the Black Lodge tonight. It's been a blast having you here, and this obviously will be the first of uh, many stop-offs. If I have any uh, thing to say about it, I'll probably drag you on once every month or so. I'm always happy to <laughs> join you in the Black Lodge. You know, you know this is where I belong. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm a creature from the Black Lodge. No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Although that does that does bring a question to mind. Have you ever read Moonchild? I have not. It's on my list. I heard it was not great. It but is interesting. Awful. It is. It is. <laughs> it's. It is Alistair Crowley. And what we can say about Crowley is, wow, yeah, he had access to things that we will never see. Uh, when it comes to his original writing. Not so great. Yes. Well, we can say lots of things about Crowley for sure. Power bottom of the year. <laughs> of the century, one could the, argue. Of the Who century. knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I feel sorry for that guy. He's insane, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, Norberg? Norberg, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah sad story. All of it. Uh, Alistair Crowley. That didn't seem like a great dude. No. Absolutely detestable human being however the one thing that i i gotta give a nod to him for is that he butt stuff oh no no, no. i i found i found much healthier ways <laughs> you just mentioned it earlier so. I don't, no no no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. all right let's pump the brakes right there and let me tell you <laughs> that i understood butt stuff and how to do it properly long before i ever discovered um, Crowley's level of debauchery and okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I, you probably could have taught Crowley some stuff about butt stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Would I want I to? Right. Fuck no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> not my. I'm sorry. He's, I'm, I'm pansexual, but he is not my type, really. If anybody listening likes this kind of talk, you can hear Flood on my other show, Smuts Up, another sibling show on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Great plug. There you go. And come to think of it. The sex magic conversation should be a crossover. It can be a three-way. Get out of my head. <laughs> and then no, it's bed. comfy in your head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we wrap it up here, uh, Green Mushroom Podcast Network, uh, under that banner, we have such great shows as Ad Hoc History, which I am really loving these days, by the way. Uh, unearthing paranormalcy. Uh, we also have Luxacult, of course, and yes, listen to Luxacult. Uh, you, yeah, absolutely. You better be <laughs> listening to Luxacult. Highly recommended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And we also have uh, Faith Blind Council. What are what are the other shows that are under the banner we have currently? Administrism as well, and we also have Grognostics, Primordia. Did we say? Unearthing Paranormal Sierra? I think you got them. I did, but we can always mention them again. Yes, absolutely. I think that is everybody. Yeah. Uh, huge shout out to all of them, and I suggest that you go and listen to all of their shows. We're going to have links for all of that stuff in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of cool shit going on. Yeah, uh, it's understatement. Uh, a lot of cool shit is like what was happening last year. What's happening now is fire, my friends. So... <laughs> Yeah. Get on it and uh, get on the bandwagon now because 
every single person under that banner, every show, we have all refined our skills considerably ever since this was uh, originated. So come on, check us all out. I promise you will not be disappointed. If you dig what we do here, you're really going to love everything over on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to say, if people are curious to hear more about the Green Mushroom Project, they can listen to the most recent episode of the Green Mushroom Project audio grimoire, which includes Flood as a special guest. <laughs> Is this the one where I am? Uh, I am. I am the Ben Kissel for the. I suppose. Yeah, you're there to make sure that we're not using a bunch of terms that are too you know, specialized or anything. And yeah, to keep us on track, you did a great job. I did not do a good job of speaking out because most of the time I was just staring at the screen going like, wait, what? Wait, what? But no, no, this this is something that that we're going to work on. Makes it seem like you did a good job. Oh, gee, that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, Alexa, we love you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to come over here and hang out with us at XV Planus. We're going to have links for all of your stuff in the show notes, but is there anything else that you would like to tell my listeners about what's coming down the pipeline right now? Um, No, I mean, I guess... <laughs> I thought I lost you there for a minute. I'm like, shit. You'd think I'd have something up my sleeve for that. Um, No, I mean, I guess the most the thing that I've really been working on the most, and other than the Mushroom Project, obviously, is the uh, the new album, which I'm really hoping to get out there within the next couple months. So, yeah, other than that, just check out the uh, show. Maybe uh, consider taking up a journaling or meditation practice. It can really make a huge difference in your life. Uh, that That's an easy thing that people can do to uh, gain a little bit more agency. So I would uh, encourage people to consider that. Well, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on, Flood. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Alejandro. Super cool to see you finally in in the flesh. And um, yeah, <laughs> so stoked to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, it was great meeting you. Fantastic conversation. Looking, to more in the, looking forward to more in the future. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. We will uh, definitely have you back on as soon as you're available and able. I know you're a very busy individual, but there will no doubtly be uh, some updates to be had in the upcoming future. So we will look forward to your next visit over here, Luxa. Thank you so much. Thank you. I mentioned this earlier on in the conversation, but I wanted to come back to something I briefly touched on earlier regarding my own personal experiences with the Green Mushroom Project. Last fall, I partook of a group ritual that seemingly put me back into the orbit of my grandfather's spirit. There was a guided meditation that was meant to bring us closer to and honor our ancestors, at the end of which... I felt my grandfather's presence, felt his hand on my shoulder, and saw him ever so briefly once I opened my eyes, coming out of the guided meditation. There's more to that story, but it gets quite personal and powerful, and I'll share the rest of it once I've made sense of it all. I'd like to thank Luxa for joining us this evening and sharing her experiences, insight, humor, wisdom, and creativity. We will have links for all things Luxa and Green Mushroom in the show notes, and I encourage you all to go check out all of the great content that the Green Mushroom has invoked, evoked, and provoked. You can expect to hear more from creators from the Green Mushroom Podcast Network here on XV Planus in the coming months. 
Remember, the next investigation we'll be sharing with you, the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, will debut on July 9th. Well, if all goes well. You're just going to have to be patient with me. Until then, we have a few more guest appearances and side quests that we'll be covering in the next month. Join us in two weeks for a conversation with paranormal investigator and author James Willis of Ghosts of Ohio, known among some as Weird Willis, where we will talk about methods of investigation and why it pays to be critical when reviewing evidence. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, everywhere as XVPlanis, and you can follow my own personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and review us. Tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. Hell, yell at random people at the bar about us. You can also support us by going to www.patreon.com slash xvplanis and subscribing to gain access to our exclusive content. xvplanis is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. For more great shows like the one you just listened to, go to www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. That's www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. This show is produced in Durham, North Carolina, and is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planus. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and I'll see you in the between. In abombratio, in flectus. Subvillo. So